0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: No.
2: Welcome
3: to the Grand Air Blitz right here on Block Talk Radio, and what a Super Bowl finish. Uh, What an exciting, amazing Super Bowl. Uh, Wow. We got a lot to talk about here, especially uh, today. Um, And today we also have uh, Coach uh, Bobby Jose, who's going to talk about concussions and some of the proper tackling techniques. But, uh, guys, Super Bowl 51, I mean, I have no idea where the Falcons were in the last uh, quarter and a half of this, and including the overtime. I mean, it just seems like, I don't know, New England just took over. Troy, uh, you had talked about it, and you were saying how uh, (coughs) halftime adjustments they they make really well. You talked about how Brady and Belichick make adjustments, and they just literally adjusted and to keep Matt uh, Matt Ryan on the sidelines in overtime to watch that finish, I mean, that's got to stink.
4: Yeah, I mean, and and he, they did it unconventionally. Typically, when you think about um, keeping the ball away from another team, you think about the run game. But the way that the uh, New England Patriots play offense is their pass game. Their, their pass game is just like run games, uh, where they throw short passes and you know hope for their receivers to to kind of get open and and do the run after the catch, and and that's what they did. I mean, they really just you know, nickel and dime their way down the field. I mean, James White, 14 catches for over 100 yards, and he scored three touchdowns. I mean, it, you know, he's the one that, um, you know, kind of put these guys up there. But, I mean, so the Falcons, what they started to do was just kind of play off a little bit. And, you know, all I'm hearing is, is everyone's blaming Kyle Shanahan for this, but you have to sit back and say that they what the Falcons stopped doing was playing – you know, the defense that they have been playing all game. And and, and frankly, what they've been playing for the last uh, six uh, games of the season when their defense started to come together. But they just allowed that underneath stuff. And they was just saying, hey, just we can allow them to have that just as long as they don't have any big plays over the top. And it really came back to bite them. I mean, you know, they, but at the same time, you are expecting a, a Matt Ryan and that Varnett offense that they have. You I mean, him being the MVP and, having all those weapons on that side, Julio Jones just, to me, is the best receiver in the game, especially at this point. And, uh, you expect those guys to, um, you know, score and and, and make plays. And, and I just feel like in the second half, neither one of them, the defense or the offense, um, they, they just didn't get it done. But I particularly look at the defense and how they allowed Brady, you know, certain throws and, He took advantage of it. I mean, that old cliche goes is, you know, uh, take what the offense – take what the defense gives you. And he did pretty much at every play throwing 63 passes in that game for over 400 yards, a Super Bowl record. It was just an incredible game to watch. And just, you know, both sides, you know, how they competed, but especially with the Patriots, they definitely have the heart of a champion. And I think right now we can – we can really say that Tom Brady is the best quarterback of all time. I mean, you know, no one's ever done what he did yesterday on so many different, I mean, excuse me, on on uh, Sunday, and so many different levels. So I just think it's really time to, you know, take your hats off to this kid at this point.
3: Kishi, uh, you were up for the ATL, and uh, they just, they played so well the first half. Everybody thought it was a blowout. Everybody was, you know, basically, already putting them up and saying, Hey, I don't think this new England team's got what it takes to come back. And God, you know, just, uh, they dropped balls in the beginning of the, the first two quarters and they just couldn't get it together. And so they were really like, um, uh, basically hurting themselves. It wasn't like anything. And then all of a sudden the second half, they start making plays, the turnover with Ryan. Uh, then you start that, that, you know, the catch from the tip ball from, uh, from Ashford, um, uh, and so you know things just got us uh, they kind of I think they gassed the defense I think really what it boils down to they had the uh, no huddle offense pretty much going pretty quick and I think the front defense of Atlanta just got gassed
0: Well I mean I said from the beginning I said if the Falcons are going to win this game it's going to be a defensive game I said defense wins championship and I and that was my prediction I said that the Atlanta Falcons defense was going to be the determining factor, and I said, and if they want to win, they got to hit Brady. They got to hit him. They got to hit him in the mouth. They got to hit him. They got to hit him in the mouth, and they got to hit him hard. And I said, because you can rattle Tom Brady, and the only time that he ever loses is when you hit him. You hit him hard. You take him out of his game. You take him out of his comfort zone because again, he doesn't move. He's a classic pocket passer but he has this ability to see through the defenses and see through the holes and see what you give him. But if you keep rattling him and you stay in his face without blitzing and you keep knocking him to the ground, knocking him to the ground, I mean, that was Brady's, what, first interception in, what, how many games? I mean, the man hasn't thrown an interception in forever. But the problem is the Falcons didn't play four quarters.
3: That's true. They did not play four quarters. You're right.
0: They did not play four quarters. They came out. They came out hard. They got a decisive lead, and then they let off the gas pedal. And I looked at the clock, and I I saw the score. I think they were at, what, 28 to 12 or something like that. And I was like, and I turned to some friends, and I was like, yeah, eight minutes, that's too much time. You don't ever give Brady that much time to come back. And that's exactly what he did. And he methodically picked apart the defense. He, you know he kept marching his team, and I to your point, Troy, about the little small underpasses. You know a lot of people underestimate the value of that because I think, especially in the Manning and the Drew Brees era, and you know because those two Manning's gone and Brees is clearly some on the decline, but in their heyday, and even with Brady, um, especially with Wes Welker and um. I can't remember the, uh, uh, and, uh, and Randy Moss. Everybody was looking for the big play. Everybody was looking for the deep threat. I mean, at that point, it was just about how many yards can you put up, how many long bombs, how many Hail Marys, how many, you know, and so many people have underestimated the importance of just move the chain. You don't have to move 20 yards every time. You can move three, then five, then three. The goal is to move the chain. It doesn't matter how you do it. It's better for you to have a player like an Edelman or even like um, a Cole Beasley, get him eight yards, get him five yards, and let them get run for three. Like you said, move the chains. And that's what they did, and that's what Atlanta was not expecting. They kept playing. They, were, they thought they were playing Aaron Rodgers again, who was going to make those crazy, impossible passes. Whereas Brady just picked him apart methodically and said, okay, fine. I'll give you the little bit, little bit, little bit. And as long as I move the ball, I'm going to move the ball. And, and I think that that's really what happened. And, and Atlanta's defense, you know, and I don't think it's all on Kyle Shanahan. I just don't. I think that he made a mistake in terms of not making the halftime adjustment. But, that, but you know what? But that's going to be something that we're going to see. Can he make those adjustments now that he's the new head coach down in San Francisco? Because one of the things that's critical is being able to look at what's working and stick with what's working and what all of a sudden is not working. What adjustments then when he saw the Patriots winning and start moving the ball, then he needs to say, what are they doing differently that they didn't do in the first half? Now, somebody made a really good point, and I don't know who it was, about not Ryan walking up and down the sideline instead of watching film. Did you guys catch that?
3: Yeah, Um, I just – I touched a a little bit of that. I I think really when it breaks it down, I think Troy had mentioned last week that if they didn't stay focused, you know, really – in the first half I think they played their ball. But the second half, it just looked like the defense, the adjustments made by New England, which – uh, to Troy's point, they were going to make no matter what. They the first two quarters, they always make halftime adjustments. But for them to come back for what, uh, what 31 unanswered, just unheard of. You know what I mean?
4: This is just, just mind blowing. Yeah, and, and not to mention that the um, you know if people people kind of demonizing you know the, the offense and they're saying they kind of took the pedal off the gas, but just just keep in mind if. The Falcons in, in that fourth quarter, after Julio Jones made that completely ridiculous catch, um, to that get them ridiculous, down to a yeah, was twenty-two yard run. If 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 Matt Ryan throws the ball away the next play, this doesn't happen. Um, and and also if they run the football from that point on, this doesn't happen. I mean, you know, you you pretty much salt the clock away. And with an eight-point lead, you conceivably think you would kick a field goal with Matt Bryan, who is a, you know, veteran of all veterans. a guy's over 40 years old. I think he knows what he's doing out there. And you put the ball in his hands with, you know, and then you have an 11-point lead, you, you don't have this discussion. But I just think down the stretch, they just didn't execute. The players didn't execute. I mean, you, you know, coaches can drop whatever they want. But I just think at the end of the day, your leadership steps up and players make plays. That's what has to happen. And when you look on that other side, in that New England side, players played and leadership stepped up, whether it be from the coaching staff and also from the players. And I just think that's the reason why they won. I mean, we emphasize that also, um, you know, um, uh, during the, you know, in in women's football. You know, um, Oscar and I talk about this all the time. We're talking about, you know, the, the best teams really have the best leadership and and the best coaching and, and the way their demeanor is. And I just think that doesn't, you know, that I think that's emphasized more on, on the pro level, but I don't really think people really give it credence to how much of a great coach Bill Belichick is. Bill Belichick now has seven Super Bowl rings, two with the Giants, five with the Patriots. The guy just flat out knows what he's doing. And a lot of people don't also realize is that, his defensive game plan for the Buffalo Bills is actually in the Hall of Fame when they won uh, Super Bowl, uh, when they beat the Bills in Super Bowl twenty five. So, listen, man, I, I just so much respect for that team and, and the way that they carry themselves. I know everyone hates them. Everyone hates them because they're winning all the time, similar to how people treated the uh, 1990 Cowboys and also the 1980 San Francisco 49ers. You hate them because they win so much. But you got to take your hats off to them. These guys just flat out get it done.
3: I just couldn't understand yeah, the, uh, the the the, the fact that they come down so like thirty-one points and they, they have to force an overtime.
2: Right.
3: I just that, that, right. The the overtime I think is crucial because they won the toy cost. But but my point is, where was Atlanta? Understanding that you right. have to force a field goal or you have to force something exactly. to continue. They just flat out didn't do that. I mean, you have an extra quarter. Right. You, it's great that you're tied, but then it's like this is a brand right. new quarter. We got to step it up if we want exactly. to win. Exactly. And they just didn't do it. it.
0: And they did not. And they did not execute. And they did not stop. But that's what I'm saying. I think, and and I, you know, and someone else, and I heard this from someone else, and I agree, was that the defense gave all so much that they had nothing left for the rest of the game, and
2: Absolutely. they, they Absolutely.
0: were they were the Atlanta's defense with sprinting whereas and I think that Brady runs the distance and I think that that is so critical you know it's almost like Aaron Rodgers with his relax it's like dude be still you know the way those two think they don't think pressure they don't think hurry they very rarely make crazy passes because they're constantly thinking as they're moving, whereas most other quarterbacks are reacting to what they see. And there is a difference between thinking through a pass and looking at the option. You know, it's almost like you've got to freeze frame every play in five seconds and look at all of the different options that you've got and mentally be able to process that. And and that is the way Brady thinks. And, Whereas, you know, and I I knew that Atlanta had to play smash mouth. I knew that they had to hit him. I knew they had to hit him hard. But now you've also got to go the distance. And you can't, you can't win sprint this. You've got to be willing to pace yourself and to run the marathon. And I think that that is so critical in terms of them, like I said, making a mistake, letting off the gas, and then also not making the halftime adjustments. Because... Nobody had ever seen anybody's team come back from a deficit that deep. You know what I mean? I, and that was a huge deficit. I was like, oh, my God, what is this, like a blowout? I mean, I didn't even pay attention to the halftime show for once. I was like, oh,
3: okay. If you really, and, if you really think about the second half, it was a reverse roll the first half. The
2: absolutely. only difference
3: is you didn't see the score. You know what I mean? It was really yeah. a reverse roll. Because Atlanta got a roll. It was a blowout the first half. And all of a sudden, the second half, it's a, it's a totally different blowout, but with an epic ending. Um, so let's bring in our coach uh, that we have today, Coach uh, Bobby Osea, from, uh, who also does the Carson Bobcats, who gave the Utah Falcons a run for their money last year in the playoffs, <laughs> in the IWFL playoffs. And so uh, Coach uh, Osea is CEO and founder at Dip and Rips Train'em Academy, Incorporated. And uh, you can also get his information at uh, gtscience.com forward slash football concussions tackle training out of Torrance. And he, he does an amazing uh, job with that. And so, Coach, um, we're talking the big game here. Uh, give us your perspective of yesterday's outcome.
5: Yeah, I, hey, thank you, Oscar, for having me. Uh, I thought it was an awesome game. Uh, I had actually – my buddies were all, you know, sending messages back and forth, and I called thirty-two twenty-seven uh, Patriots. And so at halftime, I, I I'm like, Nietzsche, I missed it. I was asleep. <laughs> I figured the game was kind of over. But then I started watching the second half, and I started to see the change. And I, I there's no, they're going to come back. I just that they're good, and they stopped. They didn't give up any big plays on defense, uh, except for that that swing pass. Uh, I think the backer got caught inside and went up the seam with number two coming inside and the back swung out there. And I thought the game might be over. If they kick that field goal, it's pretty much over. And then you get the holding penalty and you get the big sack uh, and put them out of field goal range. Now I'm saying, okay, they got a chance. You got a chance. They got a chance. And, and hey, they, they know how to win. That's the difference. When you've been there before and they've been there many times, and they, like you said before, Troy said uh, this is his seventh ring, uh, Coach Belichick. So uh, they, uh, they know how to get it done where Atlanta had a lot of rookies, especially in the secondary, who hadn't been there before. And they were getting, like, some of the routes down on the goal line. Number 32, I think he just was not ready. There were a couple of passes where he was supposed to have the back. I think White scored on that first touchdown. I'm not sure. He scored three, but I'm not sure what order it was. But he came out to the flat. The guy went inside. He was supposed to pick up that guy. Yet he's standing behind in the end zone, and, and White makes the catch. And then he beats him and cuts inside and scores. That's that's young football players learning something that they'll never forget. They're going to be much better football players down the line. But on that day, they were learning, and they didn't have the experience. So uh, New England, you know, you chalk it up to experience.
3: Coach, um, you guys have been been pretty impressive in Carson. What can you tell us about your team in Carson first?
5: Well, you know, the Bobcats, uh, it's a great group of young ladies. They work really hard. And, you know, and I've been coaching since 1984 when I first coached at the junior college that I went to in San Bernardino Valley College. And I enjoy coaching women, man, because you know what it is? They really want to listen and learn. Whereas, I guess, guys, we're, we're kind of messed up. We don't want you to know that we don't know. So we act like we know. Uh, so, but we don't. <laughs> and, and, but the women, it's so true. So it's true. It's,
1: it's true huh? And then they'll, they'll ask
5: you to death. It's like, okay, just stop asking me questions now. It's time to just do it. But, uh, yeah, I really love coaching them. And, and, and the thing I love about them, they listen and they duplicate what you put on the board in the meeting or what you show them. They go out and give you their best. So we're looking forward to our second year. Last year was our inaugural season. Uh, was actually This will be my fourth year coaching women's tackle football, but my second as my own team. And we're looking to hopefully do better than we did last year. We went nine and two all the way, and we're looking to improve on that. And the Falcons are the, you know, they are the cream of the crop. They're the gold standard in our conference and in our league, actually. Uh, and, we, you know, if we want to get that ring, we've got to go through Utah to get it. And so we're working, working hard during the off season, recruiting our tails off. Uh, I've got two uh, co-owners now, two young ladies that have joined my ownership. So they're doing all the hard work that I I just want to coach so I don't have to go out and order uniforms. I don't have to do any of that, uh, hotel reservations and buses anymore. That was hard. That was the hardest part of it all. So I, I uh, we're looking forward to the 2017 season, no doubt.
4: Go ahead, Troy. Hey coach. Coach, yes, this sir. is uh Troy. Um, I want to know uh, in, in, you guys in your guys' inaugural season, what 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 attributed to the success that you had? I mean, because especially when you're you're dealing with a lot of new ladies that you're coming in, you're you're looking at your players, you're trying to figure out, um, you know, how are they going to fit into your system, or are you really looking to say to yourself, how can I get the best out of these players?
2: Well,
5: the first thing I, I had to do, Troy, was uh, eliminate their fear of getting hurt. Uh, women aren't like us, you know, play football since they were seven or nine or whatever in Pop Warner in high school. They This is the first time. Some of the women are 32 years old and they want to play football. I'm like, why? I don't know. But anyway, uh, we didn't have a football the first two months of practice. I wouldn't allow it. All we did was work on tackling. And not each other. Uh, in fact, the first thing we ever hit in my tackle drills is air. And you'd be amazed at how many people hit air incorrectly And if that was another ball carrier, you would be hurt in that instance. So what happened was, by us training and learning how our body works and that we are in control of our bodies at all times, we really give ourselves a concussion based on the way we tackle. So once that fear was was eliminated, then the teaching started, and then they understood how to engage into the opponent, how to take on a, a blocker, how to tackle, angle and form tackle. So that part of it, so then the coaching side of it. And then when you say the system, I'm the kind of guy where I'm not going to worry about my system. I'm going to see what my, my talent can do. So I, that's awesome. kind of the fault in, in some football, you know, women's football. Guys want to try to audition for the Rams, uh, I guess, uh, offensive coordinator by doing all these wacky plays with, with women or even with kids that they're not up to that. They don't have that ability or they don't have that experience. So do what your talent is capable of doing. So I, I went with the double wing. Something I, I ran in, in youth football, top one, and they know how to do it. And one of the things they we do, we block and we tackle when we hit you. So uh, if you get if you don't like getting hit, oh well, it's going to be 60 minutes of it, four quarters of it. We're going to hit you on offense and defense. And so we cut down on our on our turnovers that way. Uh, we don't throw interceptions and all that. We throw the ball probably four or five times a game at the most. And then we played good, solid defense and good, solid special teams. So those are the areas were just fundamentals, really. But to answer your question, George, basically I took the fear of getting injured away from them so they had no apprehension. In fact, they wanted to hit. A funny story, we were mm. playing in Vegas. We're I know better.
0: Vegas. I've seen those women. <laughs> I'm good. I, I wanted to play. Let me tell you, I wanted to play, okay, uh-huh. because I've always loved football. And I was like, Oh, can I do it? When we finally got the cover, ladies football, and we saw the um, Dallas Elite and the uh, Uh BC Divas, I looked Uh at those big – I said, nah, I'm good. (laughs) I I like this part of the sideline. I mean, and it is, but, I mean, and the sad part is I really still love to play. I just don't know – I mean, literally – Troy, please don't take this far away. Some of them chicks was as big as Troy. And if you ain't never seen Troy, Troy ain't no <laughs> little dude. Troy's sure, the biggest. I mean, for real, for real, man, Troy, you know. Let me tell you, if Troy get Troy faking, but you tell it. look he looked at me, he was like, Man, some of those females were eyeballing Troy. Troy, what
4: are you, six three? Um, um, six Troy two is the thing uh, from the Fantastic Four. The yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm no, for two, real. Two hundred three thirteen. So, yeah. Ooh, Troy. <laughs> hey, women out and but yeah, Troy, y'all. am I? T- and but Troy, am I lying? Were some of those women literally? i eye-
4: looking you in the eye. Hey, some of them out there was like, "Look, man, when you gonna put the pads on?" I'm, I'm trying to see what you got. So I'm like, "Hey, look, I, hey, look, I'm, I just got a recorder over here, y'all. I'm just, I'm just trying to do a job. I don't
1: want, right. I don't want <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. No, for real. Well, and fi- you want my you want my five eight self to get out there? No, I'm good. Well, you but be but, real but fast. man, I'm I'm sorry. That that I got. I can run. <laughs> but but you know and and sense talking about concussion and concussion protocol, I mean we we're talking about these women and their sizes and we're talking about the fears because that's real. I mean I'm not going to lie, I've seen that helmet. You know my son plays, um I guess what do you call it, youth football now, and I've you know tried to learn how to put his equipment on. I've looked at him and I just said, boy, go get your coach. 'Cause you know, I and and I've looked at the helmet and I'm like, How is this thing supposed to protect my child? So I'm 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 really that's what I'm saying. So I'm really curious and what is it like for the women?
5: It's the same. Because you're human beings and we're in gravity in this universe and the way it is, and so they're just like men. They're people, they have brains, their body moves exactly like our body moves. So in fact that's why I, I I decided to get my own team where the least resistance was to what I do. And, and you know, high school, college, NFL, um, youth football, they have a lot of obstacles in the way of progress. And so I looked at the landscape and I said, where's the least, you know, resistance and it's women's tackle football. Cause there's nobody in the way telling you, you know, resisting. So that's why I got the team. So I could teach them, play true to the physical nature of the game, but eliminate the behavior that leads to these catastrophic brain, neck, and spinal cord injuries, and showcase that. And so, in fact, I tell my ladies, you guys are the light on the hill. It's going to show everybody you can play real football, you can play true to its physical nature, and you can avoid injuries as well, uh, the kind we're talking about. When, see, when you talk about injuries in football, everybody thinks, well, you're playing football. You're going to get hurt. Well, we're not Catastrophic injuries to the brain, neck, and spine are not accidents. They're by design. And when I say that, it's not like somebody's doing it on purpose to go out and get somebody tragically injured like that, to, even to the point of death. It's in the way it's been taught since the beginning, uh, in the 1800s. And, and up to this day, we're still using techniques that were employed in the 1800s. They're just calling it a different name. And the only thing new are the injuries and the name of those who are injured using it. So um, that's where I am. So with the women, that's where I'm at. at, And out of that, we had success. We won. It was great. And here's a, Troy, you're going to get a kick out of this. I had a lady who's been playing, her name is Havoc. You know, they have these nicknames. I don't even know her real name. But they have these nicknames, and she earned it, Havoc. Well, she said she has not had a stinger. Playing for me and she used to get stingers Concussions all kind of stuff she's been Playing for 12 years and she's never oh, even. Man, beautiful. A... Yeah I know This is testimonial she told Me that you know I, I just do what I do You're going to do it my way or else you're not going to play Give me your helmet right. so that's how I right. am Right and so they bought in And when they buy in brother you, you know you Got you got them for life and so uh, That's what it's all about if you Teach it in a certain way so You know we talked to Troy you hit it on the head at Halftime what do we do at halftime Depending on the score, we punch a couple holes in the chalkboard and throw a couple chairs, then we make adjustments. Well, football is not making the adjustments when it comes to concussions from within. We're letting all these outside politicians, scientists, people with the mouthpieces with the radio transistors in it. I don't know if that will give you cancer of the brain. Why, Why put this stuff in your kid's mouth? When you need to focus on the way we're teaching it, we need to fix that. And that's where we need to... Establish a standard of care Because every dangerous thing In the world of business and work Has a standard of care on how you should Do stuff to minimize what is most Dangerous about what you're doing And football doesn't have that
4: Yeah absolutely and I I Completely agree I mean For our listeners out there uh, if you've never Had a stinger it is not a good Feeling it's Mm -hmm. when you have You know a, a, a tangling sensation That goes from the back of your neck, down your arm, and sometimes down the whole left or right side of your body, it's not a good feeling. So proper technique will absolutely keep that away. Now, Now, see, I used
0: to experience stingers playing basketball and playing soccer. And, you know, that's a sport, you know, those two sports, people don't really talk about the concussion protocol. We talk about concussion protocol, but let me tell you, there is nothing worse than going up for a header and you – and someone else's head just go quonk. There's no pads. There's no protection, which is really funny and ironic that I'm terrified to get out there and play football. But let someone throw a soccer ball out there. I'll be ready to go in a minute. Um, you Cold know, brush. and the only protection that you have in soccer, literally, are these little shin guards. That's it. That I didn't have any other protection, nothing on my arms, my elbows, you know n- nothing on my face, When I played goalie, I uh, got beamed in the face with the ball, blocking the ball with my head. you know I mean you t- you put your hands up to the best of your ability, but still, and I mean, and i was I remember being dazed, I remember diving for the ball, getting kicked in the head, and you know guess what j tell you do get up and shake it off, <laughs> and how many <laughs> two Man. get back in there, you're okay. Exactly. They literally will pull us out. They would literally pull us out for a play, send in the sub, shake it off, throw some, you know, squirt some water on us, (laughs) maybe give us some Gatorade, you know, and I started playing, (laughs) yeah, and I started playing soccer at the age of seven, and I played Mm. from second grade all the way up through sixth grade, and then I threw in, and in between uh, soccer was fall and spring, and then in the wintertime, I'm doing, I started doing basketball in the sixth grade. So, I mean, and again, you're banging, you're clanging, you're scrambling on the floor. There's nothing to get kicked in the head, you know. But
2: right.
0: And so it's really interesting to hear you say the techniques that you're using to keep your players safe. I love it. Well,
5: you know, I'm a father first. And in 1997, my son at the time, he's 31 now. He's still mad that I waited till he was 12 to play football. And, uh, and to this very day, and so he's still mad at me, but I knew better. He wasn't going to play without me. I was going to coach. I wasn't going to head coach. I didn't want to head coach. I just want to look out for my son. And so I went to sign him up. Uh, one year I was home, because I, I don't know if you guys know it, but I'm an actor, and, I, and I'd have a pilot. I'd be in Vancouver. Or I'd be someplace doing a TV series or something. And I was doing football season, and I would never be home that time of the year, so sign him up. But one year I was home, and I signed him up, and it, President was a Bruin fan, and that's why I went to school, UCLA. And he said, Bobby Hosea, did you just get out of UCLA 10 years ago? And I said, 20, but thank you very much. And I, he says, uh, I said, I want to help out. He says, you're the head coach. I said, no, 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 help out me. Look out. I just want to help out. And anyway, the former head coach had gotten a job and, and had to quit coaching because his job wouldn't permit him time-wise. And I ended up being the head coach reluctantly. But I'm going to tell you something. I, now I have 28 little Boys that are just as precious in their mother and father's sight as mine was in mine And I did not want to see one of those little kids not be able to get up because of what I told them So I just I literally prayed Troy I guys I, I prayed I said Lord teach me to teach them And then the next day I was just kind of led to go to It was called uh, Builders Emporium back in those days no Home Depot no Lowe's none of that And then all I had in my mind was get the pipes they put under the grass for sprinkling And I didn't even know they called them PVC until the guy said, you mean PVC? I said, I guess. And he said, over in plumbing. And there they were. I took them home. I sawed, Got a little saw. Got glue. Got a fitting. Little fittings. And I made a little apparatus. Took me three hours. A little. It's like a hurdle. But in my mind's eye, now I'm being led. And my whole thing is I don't want to hit with the crown of my head. And I don't want to expose my head to let anybody else run into it. So how do I keep my head out of those two scenarios? Because it's the angle tackle and it's the form tackle where all the problems lie. And so by teaching my kids how to keep their waist to the forty-five, dip and step into an imaginary hole, rip and shoot as hard as they can, throw double uppercuts, that made their hips come forward, and they hit with their shoulders, and they were always going straight up. And we never got hurt. And then so 2006, I decided I kind of got tired of acting, really did. I, I love acting, I love it. But the pursuit of it, once I hit 50, it seemed like some of the Roles started. opportunities are drying up. It's weird. When you get to a certain it's weird. And so I said, Man, what I just prayed on. I said, Lord, what do I know best? No, no. I said, Lord, what do I do best? He said, Communicate with young people. I said, Well father, what what do I what do I know best? He said, Football. But the gift that I gave you, I said, The gift you gave me, what is that? Oh yeah, tackling. Nobody knows how to tackle. I'm gonna go around the world and teach everybody how to tackle. And I went online and I'm looking for equipment to to load up and go from park to park or team to team and just teach their kids how to tackle. And I started seeing concussions. I started seeing paralysis and I started seeing death. And I said, Oh my God, this is, oh my God. I said, And a fire went under me and it ain't gone out yet. And it just took off. And so in 2007, I wrote Roger Cabello a letter and I told him, Hey, Mr. Co- Mr. Commissioner, I've created a system of tackling that can save football. Uh, I want to work with you. I got a letter back. Uh, thank you, but no thank you. We don't take any outside uh, solicitors. I said, okay. So in 2009, I get a phone call from uh, Carl Peterson. And Carl Peterson and I go way back to UCLA in 76. Uh, actually, uh, he, he was on Dick Vic Meals and, and then uh, they got hired away, and Coach Donahue took over. So I
4: hadn't talked to Carl since 1977, 76.
5: And that's where Is that, is uh, that Carl Peterson?
4: About, the uh, is that Carl Peterson, the GM of the Chiefs?
5: Yep. And and he told me, he okay. says, Bobby, I am now the uh, CEO of USA Football." I said, "Congratulations." He goes no. Well, wait a minute. They're, they're, these guys are hired under me. They're from uh, the Olympic Committee. They don't know nothing about football, and they, they know about running a company and sports organizations, but nothing about football. I want you to look at this tackle from them. Kind of. I said, "Okay, send me what you got." And what they sent me, Troy had bite the ball, head across the front, wrap them up, all the stuff that I know that puts you in a position to get hurt. So I tore it up and threw it in the trash. And I said, millions of men are going to be listening to my words, and millions upon millions of children are going to be listening to theirs. What do I do to help them make it safer for these little boys? And I had been getting seven- and six-year-old kids come into my camp a week before they put on the pads and it's like as if these parents think this is like T-ball. And football is dangerous. This is not T-ball. So I had to really speed up my teaching to get these little guys that are still sucking their thumb, their shoes are untied, they can't pay attention longer than, you know, eight seconds. And I had to get these little boys to pay attention and learn how to protect themselves, and I, and I did. So I said, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to give them six of my steps because I have a 12-step tackle progression, beginning, middle, and end of a tackle. 12 steps and i gave them six they chose five and then along the way six months later they called me and said we have a problem i go what is it people are saying we should put the head to the side i go no 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 don't do that i said why i said well the guys keep hitting with their face mask in the chest i said well let me see it and i had flown to baltimore and videotape me training these kids, and I do an explanation right in front of the camera. I give my, you know, deep bend in my knees, waist, my eyes, belt buckle high, and my waist stays at a forty-five, and I'm ripping and shooting. I'm exploding my hips, and I'm talking to the mic to the camera. And then the little guys do it, and maybe four kids did it right, and they were the softest baby little boys you ever seen. They, you know, I, they needed to be with me for about a good week before they were ready, and but they weren't, and <laughs> so they went with that. And then they, they, I said, don't, don't do that. I said, if they're not ready to play, they should go do something else. Do not compromise safety to whatever you want to do to make them want to play football. They, they're not ready. They shouldn't play. They're, they're too young. Well, anyway, I, it was a big argument. And I went over USA Football's head. I went straight to the NFL, said, don't do this. And they were like, well, who, who are you? You're nobody. So I said, well, cease and desist using my likeness, my name, and anything uh, because you're going to get kids hurt doing what you're doing. And so they did. They said, okay, we're not going to do anything. You, you you know, they forgot me. They basically banished me. So you don't see me nowhere near USA football. You don't see my likeness. You don't see my words. You don't see. Well, they still use my drills, which I asked them to stop doing, but but they didn't, but they put this other stuff into it. Now they're adding the Hawk tackle to it as well, which is all dangerous to me. And so I just decided, you know what, God gave me this gift to to take it to the world, and so i got to get it and finish it. So now I'm about to have my system accredited to where it will be a course, and then it's the road to making it a standard of care for football at the youth and high school level. That's my goal. A lot lot of talking, but that's where I'm at. Wow, that's amazing. Why
3: the resistance?
5: Well, what I found out was 5 to 12 to 14-year-olds are the largest demographic to buy football equipment, and they didn't want to discourage 5-year-olds from playing tackle football. And so I, I'm like, no, it's not about discouraging them. They're not ready to play. If you can't bend That's your fair. knees deep in your knees and explode your hips because you're too weak in the legs and you're too weak in your core, go get ready. Go play baseball. Go play basketball.
2: Yeah. Yes. Exactly. That's yeah, that's so true. Exactly. That, no,
0: it's, it's so ball. true. I mean, especially like when, like I said, you know, my background is in soccer, and I just remember uh, they used to have a level called the Bumblebees, and that's literally what they look like—just a bunch of bees running around, chasing the ball with no point or purpose. Uh, the ball was bigger than some of their heads,
2: right? You
0: know, and, and and they're trying to kick, and and there's no technique, there's no, there's no nothing, there's you, you literally can't even begin to teach technique for someone when the ball is bigger than their foot. You know, how are you going to teach right. them how to trap, how to pass, how to do any of those things? You literally just have a bunch of kids just running around. Exactly. And taking up time and space. And I absolutely think you're right. I think that we push kids too soon into a lot of sports. The only place where I could say that maybe – that wouldn't hold true is, like you were saying, maybe baseball. Um, definitely gymnastics when kids are younger and much more flexible and pliant. Uh, ice skating is another great one. Uh, we started my oldest off in ice skating when she was three and a half because they wouldn't let her dance, you know. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, definitely in in those kind of sports where you can do that but i i totally agree with you in, in terms of the football we tried it with my son he just wasn't ready mentally emotionally right. you know and for the level of intensity you know yes, that yes. that and, and i think that you know we see that tv show i can't remember the what it is the one in texas about football night yeah don't, don't don't yell at my son let me tell you i'm not
2: that mm-hmm.
0: i'm not that mom who's like, oh, my baby. Nah, boy, get your butt out there and and hit. But you're not going to yell at my child at the age of five like he's a grown man either.
5: No, exactly. And that's the problem is, is the coaches. Okay, these little boys anatomically are not prepared for the abuse this game inflicts at that age, just doing it properly. It's def- Their bodies definitely are not prepared for it improperly. And all these dad coaches who most of them never played football, okay, ever. And so they want to be tough guys with these little kids, and they don't really understand what the harm they're doing to these little boys that's going to last them the rest of their life. Because their brains, everybody knows it now. I mean, it's, it's their brains don't have, there's a coating you get over your brain when you get about 18 to 22 years old that you don't have for a long, long time, and your brain is like Jello when you're a little boy. And that's why when babies, the top of their head, you can never touch the top of their head because it's soft. Well, it's dull. It's like the earth. It's like it's, it's coming together, and it'll, it'll fuse after a while, but they're just a bunch of plates. And, and, and plus, their bones are very subtle. I remember my daughter, I, I got her a pair of pant leather shoes one time, I guess it was Easter or something, and she wore them to school all proud, and at, at, at recess, they were racing. And she's really fast and she slipped and fell and broke her arm. So we had to take it to the doctor. But actually the bone wasn't broken. It was bent. And that's what they call broken for her age because the bones are still supple. supple, supple. They're not like a brittle like ours when they get hard and break and see a crack. It was bent. So little children's bodies are not ready for the abuse that football inflicts. And it's definitely not ready for the abuse that coaches who are untrained and, and, and teaching what their dad taught them or what they learned in high school, and they're resisting. And that's my biggest problem is really the administration level is not doing their job to protect kids in
3: football. Coach, would it be flag football as an exception to a certain age and then introduced tackle football? Yes, yeah.
5: yes, yes, because it's about the skill. So tackling, what they're doing is first like they're raising pit bulls. Go hit him, come on. It's like it's so funny. I'm going to give you an example. I had this kid. You don't know what parents are like at home and what they teach. This little boy was as passive as Gandhi. I'm serious. And here's his coach. Come on, you got to get mad. You got to get mean. And this little boy is looking at him like there's a concept I don't understand. I don't have that in me. I don't know what that means. So I said, hey, stop. That's not his personality. That's not where you don't know. I said, look, here. I gave him a step over and I gave the other kid the other half of the step over. You know, the, we call them Kit Kats, the step over bags of Troy. So I had one kid hold one hand and he hold, I said, take it. And so the other little guy was aggressive. He took it right away. I said, hey, man, don't let him take it.
2: <laughs> and so
5: you know what
1: he did? He, he understood that. You, I'm taking this from you. And they were battling. And he took it away.
2: Guess what happened?
5: <laughs> Guess what happened the next time we did the tackle drill? He blasted the dude and put him on the ground. Because so now he understood what he was to do and that it wasn't wrong, but it wasn't coming from a standpoint of anger or animosity or meanness. Football's not violent only when you use your helmet as a weapon. Football is physical. We're all equal.
2: We're you all know, cool. uh,
3: that same analogy applies to a chow chow, as I tell people. I had like four chow chows, and everybody used to tell me, oh my God, these, these dogs are so ferocious and they're mean. And I'm like, okay. Only when you bring <laughs> the mean streak out will they become meaner. <laughs> but other than that, they're not. So it's it's really in the teaching. Right.
5: Right. It's where you, I have a red nosed pit, Seth. He, now, when he. When he rouses up, and somebody comes at the door, or somebody at the fence, or, or another dog is walking by, or whatever, you see that side of him come out. There's a there's another side of that dog, but he's never been mistreated. He's never been beaten. He's never been we've never fought him or anything like that. But that's in him innately. But he's the most docile. Yep. He's my mother. He loves my mom. He sleeps with my my you know with all of us. And and he's a, he's a, but if you bring it out of him, it'll come out because it's in him innately, you know. Um, you know, yep. like like hate and stuff. That's a taught thing. That's an acquired skill. You know what I mean? And tackling yeah. it's an acquired skill, and nobody's a born tackler. Just like we're not born drivers. We have to learn how to drive. You know. And, and one of the Coach, things just real. Yes, sir.
3: Yeah, I was going to say you have this this uh, this patent or this this way of teaching. Is this something that you can? like be revolutionary with, with within the realm of women's football. I mean, I'm talking about the WFA specifically where maybe you get involved with one or the two leagues to kinda like bring that out into the forefront where if you can instigate a way where the female athletes, uh, in terms of the sport are a lot play the sport a lot safer than the professionals, I mean that's gotta say a lot about your uh, technique in general, but it has to say a lot about the teaching of the proper method.
5: Yeah, exactly. That's, that's my goal, Oscar. I, I, that's my goal. I think, you know, just by doing it and showing it, and if we have success at it, you know, because everybody wants to win. I had this guy tell me the other day, well, can, will you win? I'm like, what are you talking about? I said, we well, you need to change your definition of win. These kids walking off the field the same way they walk to the scale, that's what we're talking about. That's a win. Not, not W's. Right. We don't care about W's. We're talking about these kids walking away, benefiting from the football experience because you learn discipline, you learn selflessness, you learn teamwork, you learn how to get along with somebody a different race than you. Football is a great sport uh, for teaching toughness and all that kind of stuff, but it can be abused as well. And we have to fix that. But no, for the women, yes, that is my goal. My goal is for the Carson Bobcast, like I said, to be the light on the hill to show that you can play a physical brand of football and, but without concussions, without neck injuries, without stingers. And we hit you hard. We hit you all hard, you know, and we have, in fact, I don't know if I said this already, because sometimes I have Troy, we got those issues, right? We forget stuff. Uh, but <laughs> I, I, uh, I had a game in Vegas and the ref called me to the, to the hash marks. And I go, what is it ref? He goes, we got a problem. He goes, what is it? He goes, well, the women in the blue are saying your women are hitting them too hard. And I'm like, well, ref, that's going to be a problem the whole game. He didn't give me two big thumbs up with his back to the other team because he didn't want them to see him doing that. I guess he was tired of seeing out of football. That's so true. To answer your question, how we've had success was that we tackle uh, and we, we're not afraid and we play. So the teaching, now they're Well, you shouldn't be. I mean, hesitant. that's
0: what you came to play. If you, they want to play flag football, go, go, go play with a recreation league.
5: It's easy to say that, but once you get in the bullet start flying, then the true you comes out. And if it hasn't been addressed and eliminated, you know, because uh, at the end no, of the day, no. Like I answer, said, I'm won. smart.
0: I'm sitting on the side. I'm reporting the carnage. <laughs> you ain't doing no of course flying. You are.
3: Yeah,
0: you over here. <laughs> I'm on the side She was the same person that the... wanted
3: Tony Romo on a clipboard and give him a ring in the Super Bowl. Just the same person you know over there. The, what side. you were
0: not going to do? <laughs> what, you, what you were not going to do tonight? Is talk about the love of my life. And you all know how I feel about Tony Romo. I did not want the man to hold a clipboard. What I said was that I want him to at
2: least you hand half a, him hand him a ring.
0: quarter. Nobody wants to be handed anything. Everybody got a. The only person who got handed a ring this year was Gronk because he went out half the season.
5: Tony Romo had, had true. Many opportunities. True. He's had his chances. <laughs> he's uh, been there. How many years has been playing in it for the Cowboys? Uh, he's been there. Right, come on now. He's been it's there, but we on. did
0: not have, but we did not have all of the components that were necessary in place. That's okay. all. Okay. That's all. And that, and the injuries. Yeah, everybody keeps acting like this. Did you hear days Coach days say, days. "Okay,
3: Miley"? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I
0: heard it. I'm going. So and
2: anyway, I, think I have to Troy said that I'm not paying <laughs> Troy any attention. I've paid Troy attention, Troy, why? Troy why? attention story, in
0: twelve years. No.
2: I have not,
0: have not paid
4: Troy. We, we all know how I,
2: delusional she is when it comes to that team. So I'm not even going to say <laughs> I here, have here. not paid <laughs> Troy it's attention.
4: I have
0: not paid him any attention for 12 years. I'm not going to pay him any attention now. You know well,
3: and he's still not feeling the pain. You know, not want feel any pain.
5: Right. <laughs> you know, one of the things, guys, when it comes to concussions that I ask coaches, I tell them, ask yourself five questions. And only two tackles I worry about, and that's the angle tackle and the form tackle. And so I ask the coach, what do you teach on the, on the angle tackle? And then they'll say head across the front. So the first question is, what's, what's the uh, objective of that instruction? Okay, and then whatever they tell me, they tell me. And then I ask them, well, what is the second question is, what's the risk of that instruction? So now the coach has got to look at it in his mind's eye and see what that instruction causes that athlete's body to do. And then I ask him, I said, what is the consequence of that risk? Well, then you start adding it up. And then you say, well, what is the result of that consequence? And then the fifth question is, what is the alternative to that original instruction? See, there's no mechanism to force coaches to look at that in, in tackling. And when it comes to tackling, nothing. There's no standard of care. So you're, they're teaching like the Hawk tackle, everybody thinks that's new. I got a photograph of, of uh, Jim Thorpe tackling a, a, a tackle dummy that they invented back then, I think it was 1928, and he's doing it exactly like they're selling it now. And his head and hips are on the same level, and his head is right there. Now, we have 11 guys, 10 on his team, and 11 on the offense, 10 others, including can count the running back or the ball carrier, And they're coming from all directions. So if you place your head to the side and expose it, you're going to get drilled. Now, whether you get drilled or not, you're still playing Russian roulette. There just wasn't one in the chamber. And this is what I try to get coaches to look at and and evaluate and make adjustments to the way we teach. And that's where something is missing for me. Uh, They're not really doing their due diligence to make it as safe as possible. And a lot of coaches are blaming it on the kids because they say they're scared. Well, they are scared. Your job is to lessen their fear so they can enjoy the football experience, and they're not doing that. you know. And I, I think that's the biggest – football is the problem with football. It's us. We are the ones that are making the game bad. We need to fix it, or else the politicians are going to shut us down. The scientists are going to shut us down. The doctors – all this, these people from the outside of the game are going to Force the game to stop And it doesn't Need to stop It's actually going
3: to be watered down To the point where it's going to be dangerous That's really what it's going to get down to It's going to be watered down to where it's dangerous I remember I was telling Troy A while back, I remember when I was uh, Playing football, tackling form Was always the hips, not the knees When I was taught It was basically straight midsection Tackling, where you have to Square up to tackle so I was a wide receiver, you know, so your your biggest fear is for somebody to drag you or buckle your knees and, and, you know, break your knees or whatever, especially when you're trying to go for a ball or reaching out. But if you teach it properly, uh, you know, on, on the lines, it is, like you said, it's squared up, 45 with the power force going forward. Uh, you don't have that problem with the, with the head. So it, I, I don't well. understand why they would not go with that.
5: Uh, you know, because they didn't come up with it, and uh, they thought I was stupid. They thought, well, I, they didn't know. I'm an actor, right? So I understand intellectual sure, property yeah. is more valuable than land, because the intellectual property is going to tell you what to do with the land to make it more valuable. So I copyrighted right. it a long time ago. I covered it, and I just because I know, I know I've heard stories where writers would take in their stuff to, to a producer, and then they say no on it. Next thing you know, they see – all the names have changed, but it's their story. Oh, and Oh, yes. I get a nickel, right? Oh, yes. So I have that experience. So I copy wrote my words to play, different rip sticks, words to play by 12 step tackle progression because I'm an actor. Every scene has a beginning, middle, and sure. end. And I, I start looking and I go, well, doggone it. Every shot has almost a beginning, like, middle, and end. Mid.
0: But you know what? It's almost like you've treated this like a choreographed routine. You know, like it, yeah. very much like when you're staging a fight. And you also have to know. What when to dip? You know, it's almost like uh, like Jackie Chan or one of those other, you know, artists where what we see is this dazzling, amazing, beautiful movement, but what we don't see are the practice hours of right jab training, left, mm-hmm. you know, block mm-hmm. up kick down mm-hmm. kick, and you know, coach. You mm-hmm. say uh, I just want to let you know I'm a fellow thespian, theater minor here. Yes. So,
2: yeah, so yeah, um,
0: I'm. You know, absolutely love my art. And, and I think that's interesting that you talk about your background. And then after that, I'm going to have to jump off because uh, about that witching the hour. Project. But that's right. But um, if, how am I going to say, a lot of people don't think about it, but you, you bring up a good point because one of the things that a lot of people forgot or don't talk about is how one of the things that made Lin Swan so great was his agility because he was a dancer. And if I remember correctly, mm-hmm. he was a classically trained ballet dancer, and what that, but yes, what yes. that allowed him to do was to utilize different muscles and different skills, so that he could make those beautiful acrobatic plays. Because he had control over
2: other muscles
0: that other um, wide receivers weren't fully utilizing. And and, and listening to this, it really sounds like what you're doing with your tackling is that you are utilizing different muscles and different muscle combinations in order to help these athletes to contort and twist their bodies in ways that will allow them to protect themselves as well as protect the individual they're hitting. Am I reading that right?
5: Well, yeah, exactly. And also I teach them the terminology that can lead to your, because we're, you know, we heard the old saying, sticks and stones, they break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Well, that's not true in football. Words in football equal action. Just call a play in the huddle. And, and on hut, watch what happens. A whole bunch of men are moving around in different directions and doing different things, right? Those are the words that cause them to move like that. Well, head across the front causes you to put your body across the front of another human being. Wrap them up. When, that's his... Old as football, but when your knuckles and your elbows are on the same level and you put your arms around a person, I call it hug your mama tackle, your hips go back, your head goes down. That's a physical mechanism. So I teach the players the physical mechanisms and the terminologies that can lead to them exposing their head to contact or initiating contact with their head. So what I've had to do the last couple of years is now I'm, I'm teaching kids to protect themselves from their coach because their coach is not required to come to ca- tackle camp they're not required to learn what's dangerous about what they teach so yeah it's a holistic thing it's understanding how your body works and that you're in charge at all times like yes for example when we get down in that what i call hit position it's like coming out of the out of the blocks troy you know we used to win those hundred meter. well back i don't know how old you are troy but i i'm, I'm 61 and we ran yards so the 100-yard dash, we get down in, those, in the blocks, right? Well, this is kind of what we do when we're going to hit. We're going to have our fr- front foot on the outside of our chin, our back foot a little bit beyond our butt, narrow base up under our hip. We're going to reach back. I always talk to kids, I say our booger fingers, because kids get that. They, they laugh. They like it. <laughs> so you're grabbing imaginary hand grenade pins with your booger <laughs> fingers, and then you throw double uppercuts as hard as you can. Now, when you throw those double uppercuts, if it's a form tackle – I'm trying to get my hips to the top of the numbers on the front of your jersey. I'm trying to get my hands to the top of the numbers on the back of your jersey. And what that mechanism does by throwing double uppercuts, your hips come forward and your head goes up and away no matter what. And on an angle tackle, we're doing the exact same mechanism. I'm stepping downhill into an imaginary hole, get my eyes double buckle high, keep my waist at a 45, and I'm throwing double uppercuts. Now I'm trying to get my hips to, you, to the ball carrier's armpit. Top of the number, the front number, the far front number, top of the far back number. Same physical thing that I'm doing as a defender, regardless of how the mass, which means the ball carry, is moving, whether it's moving directly at me or cutting to my left or to my right. And so within that, when you put your head across the front, you can, you can have an angle tackle from the A-gap as a middle linebacker. So you've got defensive ends over here. You've got outside backers, corners, safeties on either side of the ball. So when you put your head there, you've got a teammate waiting for you or a blocker trying to assist on the play, and so you're vulnerable to an injury. If you eliminate that behavior, that play, that injury won't occur. So that's why it's, it's injury preventive. And in 2011, uh, Oscar, a scientific research study was done on my system and proved that it takes 100% of the crown out of the tackle by LA84 Foundation, one of the largest funders of youth sports in Southern California, if not all of California. Uh, they they And they hired me to trained 200 of their uh, grantee coaches in 2000, um, was it 2010. And in 2011, they really liked it and they want to come back and do it again. And I said, cool. But first we want to test and see what it does, what what you say it does. I said, well, wait a minute. What do I say it does? Well, you say it prevents concussions. I go oh, yeah, it does that. What do you want to do? Well, we're going to have these scientists do this test. I said, whatever. So the scientists showed up my camp one day. I didn't have a chance to talk to a dad to ask him because their son volunteered. And this 15 year old kid who had been to my camp one time showed up. Now, this is the Rydell helmet, it cost $1,000. It had all the sensors in it that the scientists need that would tell you everything where the blow came from, the size of the blow, all of that. And, and with the wow. camera. And so this kid walks up, and I go, I asked his dad, I said, Can your son, would you let him do this for me? I don't have any. He says, Sure, do what he tells you. And do you guys know the helmet fit? Like, we took him in and bought the helmet for him. It fit like it was his helmet. And that's how I knew the lord got this. And so he went to tackling, and, and the trainer and the uh, scientist said, okay, do the traditional tackling. And bam, he hit it with his head. I'm like, oh, you okay? He said, yeah, I'm okay. I said, well, he said, do it again? I go, well, I don't know. So he did it one more time. I said, that's enough of that. He said, Let's do mine. And so we did mine. And that's when he dipped and ripped. And, you know. And he lit, his eyes are always to the sky. Your head is always going up. And he body slammed that 235-pound sled we were using. And that, that's when the science. So we have the only evidence base. See, it's a long story with me in USA football, which is I'm sad. You know, I, I, I had a guy call me. Why don't you sue him? I said, why would I sue him? You know, why would I sue him? They're going to come around. Or somebody with good sense is going to take over and say, you know what, let's start doing stuff that's right. Let's not do this gimmick tackling where we're teaching kids to put their head to the far hip of a ball carrier because he's, he's bending in the waist, he's exposing his crown. Why should we do that? Especially when there's kids that have died from it, there's kids that have been paralyzed from it, and there's kids that have had traumatic brain injuries using those exact same techniques. So they're not safe. So if they were safe, you wouldn't have these injuries. Since 1997, coach I've the had a single... Yes? Go ahead. Go ahead and finish. I said, since, since 1997, I've not had a single kid suffer concussion, neck or spinal cord injury ever and since 1990. Oh, wow. the 20th year today. This is my 20th year. That's why my course being this year, it all came together. I got my own computer. I, got, I can videotape. I got an iPad. And so I decided to do it myself to do it right. And so I'm going to be launching it later this, you know, in the spring. By the spring, hopefully, it'll be completed and it'll be online and people can go at their leisure and learn it themselves.
0: Well, that's amazing. Well, listen, have you Coach, I've got to but um, hold on one second, Oscar. I just wanted to tell, Coach, thank you so much for being on the show tonight, and I have thoroughly enjoyed talking with you, and hopefully, you know, Oscar will be able to bring you back on the show
2: because I, I have truly it, enjoyed
0: you. it. And um, guys, again, as always, amazing, awesome, and I will catch up with everybody next week.
3: Go get an A. Awesome. We'll see you then, right. have a great All right. night.
0: Bye, guys. Good,
3: good night. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. So, Coach, what I was trying to say is um, if you have this system, has the CFL considered it maybe or has anything, anybody else considered it in terms of instructional? Have you uh, reached out to any other pro no, league I, or semi-pro I, league or anything like that?
5: I kind of look at it like this. If you're involved in tackle football, What's your number one concern about 2017? Shouldn't it be making it safer for the people that are under your watch? Why aren't you doing your due diligence to find a way to teach it better? That's why I went to the women. For years, every time I heard a kid was paralyzed, dead, traumatic brain injury, I would reach out to that school or that youth league, and they would never return my call. I got a call from a guy one day when a young man down in Indio died, 15-year-old kid. And he said, Coach Bobby, I I can't tell you my name, but I want to commend you for what you're doing. But our lawyers say that we can't accept your services because if we do, we're admitting guilt for his injury. And at the time I, I was so astounded that he told me that I didn't have any response. So what is the answer is to put your head in the sand, keep your fingers crossed, and hope it doesn't happen again. And then right. I, learned a thing, I learned a thing called a subsequent remedial repairs. Subsequent remedial repairs mean if I slip at Troy's place, going out of his place, and I, I break my hip, and I go to the doctor, and I you know, have surgery and all that, and Troy realizes, it, man, I didn't know that was slippery, and he fixes it the next day. I can't come back and sue Troy because Troy didn't know that that was slippery, you know, or, or whatever caused me.
2: So right, I right, turn right.
5: around and suing him. Well, so what that led me to believe is they've always known certain things are dangerous. They just don't want the people that are in wheelchairs to know because now they're going to have a lawsuit. So they they always call it a, tr- a tragic accident when it's really by design. And 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 how I talk to the lay person who's never been around football. I say, who taught you how to drive? And they would say, whomever, uncle, dad, grandma, granddad, big brother. I said, oh, they'll you to move your seat up, right? So you touch the pedals, yeah. Put your seatbelt on, yeah. Adjust your mirrors, yeah. Start it up, yeah. Put it in drive, yeah. 10 o'clock, 2 o'clock, yeah. Now close your eyes, let's go. Wait a minute. That part wasn't in it. Ah, well, that part of closing your eyes is ridiculous as a sound to try to drive a car and you're teaching somebody. There are elements in teaching tackling that are just as dangerous as closing your eyes when you're learning how to drive. But coaches are not required to know what those things are. There's no requirement. So you can be teaching something as dangerous as closing your eyes while you drive and never know how dangerous it is because you're not required to know those things. Why is that?
3: So the heads-up heads program, Coach, is that something that was designed by the NFL without input? Is that what we're doing here? Or is it something that was designed by a select few people just to gather more um, youth involvement?
5: Well, it was the NFL's response to having gone to Congress and gotten their shorts, you know, burnt. Um, baseball didn't do a doggone thing about the steroid use. Their players were, were, you know, and little kids and high school players were emulating the big leagues and taking these roids and they mm-hmm. were dying and they were having heart attacks and seizures and all that. And the, and, the, and the big leagues didn't care because they were getting home runs. Their revenue was up. You know, they were filling the house, Sammy Sosa, all those guys that were on the juice, uh, they were loving that. Well, baseball didn't do anything about it, and they really took a black eye for it. Now the NFL turn came up about the concussions, and they were called to the carpet. So they, their thing was, okay, we've got to create USA football. We've got to do this thing. We've got to improve. We've got to lower the risk of concussions. So that's when I got a call because I'm the only person that does this on the planet, guys. And I, and I always ask myself, why am I the only person? And the answer is, well, you ask. <laughs> you asked out of love I want to take care of these little ones Right and God gave me this vision So I guess not everybody has the eyes to see Right uh, So that's when they came to me But it was changed It was altered And when they did that It made it less effective Yeah I created heads up with them And I gave them the system And they changed it And so that's why I had to walk away from them And if you notice they're being sued because of it, because of the lies they said about the science. It wasn't their science. It was mine. Okay? And they didn't realize wow. that I had it. I didn't tell them that I it. Why should I? All I wanted was to credit. I, and people say, well, why, do you, why don't you sue them? I said, well, I'm not going to sue them because people start saying you just want it for the money. Because if I just wanted the money, I would have sold it to them. I didn't sell it to them. I donated it to them. Because I want to coach everybody's kid. And I've always had this in me. I don't know where that comes from, Troy, but I want to coach everybody's kid. Uh, and I guess God put that in me uh, because I haven't quit, and I'm not going to quit. So I decided to do it myself and put it online, and people can go at their leisure and learn for themselves without being told by their athletic administration or their athletic director or, you know, wait for a coaching plane.
4: Yeah, I mean, I, it, it seems like for me, like, um, you know, once Congress did, um, you know, so to speak, put the NFL on blast, I think the heads up, you know, football portion of it almost seemed to be like, um, hey, look, this is what we're doing for it. You know, it, it, whats it, what it is is showing that, you know, they're trying to make an effort in some direction. But to your point, right. if you're not making the right effort, then what are you exactly doing? I mean, especially when you're putting promotion behind this, um, you know, they're saying, um, you know, each coach in Little League has to be certified by heads-up football. And if you're not teaching the right way to tackle, then what exactly are you doing? I mean, because, you know, I remember when I was in school and, you know, playing in, in high school and also in playing college football, and, you know, we were taught the same way, just like you said, especially if you're at an angle tackle is to get your, your head in front of the guy. And I remember I got my first stinger in high school doing that, and I changed it up. And, and I was always the type of player or the type of person who would question authority. I mean, the one thing I can give my father credit for is that he, oh, he told me at one point, he said, always question authority. Always question why you're doing something if you're not sure why you're doing it. And the mm-hmm. first time I made a tackle like that, that's when I got my first stinger. So I stopped tackling like that. So I asked the coach, well, why, well, why am I, why am I putting my head in front of this guy that's running, you know, 22 miles an hour? And what he said was that you have leverage to make the tackle. So we're not concerned about, you know, my neck being almost thrown off. We worried about, you know, leveraging getting this guy to the ground any way you can. And, uh, I, th- I honestly believe that you know if they're not doing it in the correct way, they're absolutely doing a disservice to everyone that's involved. And they can do the PR all they want to. If you're not teaching the right aspect on how to tackle someone, then you're just doing more damage than you are doing good.
5: Exactly. They're killing the they're killing the sport themselves. They are killing the sport. And uh, now they don't even call it heads up anymore, Troy. I don't know if you know this, but they had. To... It's so funny how I'm just a dad, dude. I'm one person. But all this information keeps coming back to me. I had a guy down in Orlando. They had, he's at a, he was at a USA football event. And now they're teaching shoulder tackle. Okay? They've completely gone away from heads up because why? Because heads up is in litigation. They're being sued because kids have been injured because they're allowing you to put your head to the side. And so I said, what you're doing, don't, you're building a design flaw in the instruction Because what you're allowing is the coach to
1: say, put your head to the ball side. Put your head on the ball. Bite the ball. Okay, so now you've given them permission to harm kids. Why? So now
5: they're enamored with the hawk tackle that Pete Carroll used at SC and took it to the Seahawks, and now they have success. Now they're selling it. There's no science that that's safe. How can it be safe? When, if you look up Donovan McNabb, Donovan, excuse me, Donovan Hill, poor young man, died this past year. He was paralyzed uh, when he was 13 years old, and he died last year from a a minor surgery, quote unquote, where they cut one of his veins and he bled to death. He got paralyzed. If you look at the tackle he's trying to make, go on YouTube and type in "outside the lines Donovan Hill." Look at the tackle he's making. It's the hawk tackle, and he gets paralyzed. There's another kid, Riverside Polly, out here in Riverside, California. His name is Josh Nava. Type it in YouTube. Josh Nava is doing the hawk tackle. He gets a traumatic brain injury as a result. Look at a young wow. man that created the, – uh, 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 there's an organization called Gridiron Heroes. A young man by the name of Chris Canales was paralyzed in 2005 making a hawk tackle. A year to the day dang near, that he was paralyzed, his dad didn't know what to do. His son was spiraling deeper and deeper into depression. And he happened to ask him one night, son, do you want to go to the game? It's a championship game. You want to go? And he said yes. So he took him in his wheelchair, took him to the, to the handicap section where they have, you know, his wheelchair section. And he sat there, and a kid was paralyzed in that game. And Chris Canales said, dad, I get emotional when I talk about this. Dad, take me down there because he's going to need me. He says, you and Mama got to come too because his Mama Daddy's going to need you too because you guys know what to do. And from that moment, they start a year later. Red McCombs gave them the money to start the Gridiron Heroes. Now, to this day, they have 58-plus kids that have been paralyzed playing tackle football in their organization, and what they do is they try to raise money to help parents with their child. They get
1: uh, wheelchair wow. uh, uh,
5: converted vans. They get uh, ramps where they because kids they, they got to open the, widen the door because kids don't stop growing because they're paralyzed. They got to get them special beds. They need this extra money. One parent has to quit their job. Uh, Mister Eddie Canalis, he has to his job is to take care of Chris twenty four seven. Okay, now these people still wow. love football, but they go around the country. Now here's the thing: twenty eight. Of the kids that are in that Grand Iron Heroes that are paralyzed, 28 of them come from Texas. 28 of them are from the state of Texas, and that's a okay. that's the hotbed. That's supposed to be football heaven, but look what they're doing to their kids. They're they're so backwards,
2: yeah. and, and
5: that's where that uh, uh, that's where I need you mentioned uh, uh, Friday Night Tikes. That's where that's based at in Texas, and they just abuse those children and they're harming those children. And I don't get it because you know why. Because elderly and children Have no voice They don't have anybody fighting for them And they're the most easiest to take advantage of And to abuse And they don't have a voice So if that was If there were 58 kittens paralyzed Every year, there'd be an outcry You know, across the world it's Absolutely hopeless.
1: There'd Absolutely. be an
5: outcry But there's children and they're, they're really helpless And let me just tell you something I never was a staff guy but each year they've known this since 2000 the orthopedic surgeons of the children's orthopedic surgeons of America found this out found this out each year more than there are more than 448,000 football related injuries reported okay football related injuries to children under the age of 15 at a cost of 6.89 billion dollars in medical Legal wow and liability Wow annually in a three to four month period Wow this is what's happening to our children man, and everybody's looking the other way it's horrible because children don't have a voice and they want to shut me up they want to keep me quiet, want to ostracize me like I don't I'm an invisible person well i'm going to stay on the grind, homie I'm not going nowhere unless the Lord call me I'm not leaving I'm not going to shut up I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing you know they call Dr. Uh, uh, been in Amalu, they call him a witch doctor. The brother, the, the doctor in the Dummuckahoma, brother, he's a doctor. He discovered CTE, but they marginalized him and make him, they call him a witch doctor. Exactly.
3: You know? it so yeah, it it, because the dentist doesn't benefit the pharma.
5: No, it doesn't. Now, hey, ooh, it's so deep you yeah. just said that, Oscar, because I was asked, invited to a big conference with these you know, medical people. And I'm like, look. All you guys do is talk. I'm tired of talking. I got the formula to, to stop all these arms. Well, they said, well, well, Kojabi, yep. you know, there's no money in in the cure. There's money in research, and we want to continue the research. So I hate that word. Of course, it makes me sick to my stomach because it means it mean, is a know.
3: sick word. Research. Means, you you know, mean, know what? We're the only, uh, I was telling uh, my neighbor, we're the only country in the world. The only country in the world. Okay that has so many organizations for so many causes, but no results. Have you ever started to not, re- wonder that? we got all these organizations, but yeah. no results. Mm-hmm. No because solutions, word, no cures. Yeah. I don't think we, have a, we oh. haven't had a cure since, what, penicillin or something like that? We haven't had a cure yeah, since I, then. I How do we not it's have a cure over. when you're like, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Because of money. Oh, just let ridiculous. me tell
5: you about that. Okay, let me tell you about that. So I just told you,
1: I never, Troy, sure, I, I, I'm not a, I'm a dyslexic dude. I, I, I wasn't in the school. I didn't really like that.
5: But football is what saved me. And I had to,
2: yeah, yeah. it
5: gave me self-confidence. Well, in the, in the, during, the, during the Great Depression, children were coming down with polio. Uh, and uh, President Roosevelt, who nobody knew was a victim of, of, of polio himself, he was actually in a wheelchair. Well, He started the research to try to figure out what's going on. Well, they found out there were so many immigrants coming over during World War II and all that, and in the summertime they would turn on the water hydrants to cool off. The kids would play in the streets. Well, they found out polio was a waterborne disease, and Dr. Jonas Salk discovered that in 1953, and then they they found a cure for it, right? Well, here we yep. are today with all these brain injuries, and it's the new polio that's hurting our children in the name of a sport because it's based on greed. Yep. That's what it's all about, and we have a
2: suit.
3: Yeah, I, that's what I'm saying. Solution. It's like – that's what I'm trying to say. It's no different than big pharma. You're looking at the big umbrella that's, exactly that's ignoring the major issue because you cut that off, and all of a sudden, you know, they don't they don't know any better. In other words, they're so into themselves, they don't understand the basic – uh, uh, solution for it, and that 's what happens a lot with with the, like I said the pharmaceuticals is they don 't care you know what it 's hurting or who it's hurting as long as they keep flowing it's it 's basically business it 's the, the like way it is now, as long okay. as the uh, the right. as long as the sales turns okay. are there that 's all they care about right. you know as long as Wall have. Street is happy with their you know and it works out but my point my point or question to you, coach, is why would Goodell not go with this this type of change? It would only benefit them long term, even better, because the longevity of the sport is really what you should be at. But I guess that's not the, that's not the case.
5: I, uh, you know what, I had pity for him
3: at the uh,
5: trophy ceremony. I'm watching it, right? And, and he extends his hand to, you know, graciously, to Tom Brady and, and you know the owner, Mr. Kraft, and all that, and, and he's getting booed from to high heaven, and I, I kind of felt, and I wanted to reach out to him again. And I'd say, uh, these boos will change, Commissioner Goodell, if you just bring me in and fix this and start helping the children play safer. Your boos will turn into cheers if you fix this. Don't stop looking the other way. You're, you know, I, I hear the guy, Jeff, Jeff Miller, saying they've gotten all these hundreds of millions of dollars, whatever millions they're trying to find the prevention. Dude, I'm sitting right here. I gave it to you for free. Back in 2009, what are you talking about? You're just blowing smoke. Don't you want to really fix yep. this? And so, like I said, they don't want you to know that Tommy got paralyzed doing what Coach told him, and it was not an accident. It was the instruction that got him hurt. I ran in right. that semi-truck because I had my eyes closed when I turned right. Right? Because my instruction, instructor said, keep your eyes closed while you drive. This is what I'm talking about. It might sound you think simplistic,
2: so? Coach,
3: do you think reaching Sorry. out to uh, Rappaport or uh, Welker would benefit or help you out in a lot of way to kind of get them to understand that aspect of it, or is that something where it's it's kind of like not even worth the effort?
5: You know, I think you know I, it's always worth the effort. But what the, where's their effort to reach out to me? I'm sitting here. Huh? You go online right now. Google me. Google Bobby Jose. Just Google me. I mean,
1: I I ain't hard to find.
5: And, what, and look at my videos on YouTube. Just look at them. It's like, wait a minute. How come, how come they ain't doing this? Why are they doing this? I don't yep. know. Only thing I can say is, okay, here's the, the analogy. All the guys, the former players, the settlement with the billion dollars over 60 years, they'll all be dead. The billion dollars is nothing. But all the guys from 2015, April of 2015, moving forward, cannot claim CTE in the future. Yet,
2: the NFL wow. had
5: a 50, 58% increase in concussions in 2015. So how come these guys are battering their brains? And so what they're doing is what they're saying is, well, we kept the information from them back in the old days how dangerous continuing to play with the concussion was, so we're giving this to them. These guys now know. But wait a minute. What about the technique you're teaching them? That's leading them to these concussions.
3: So basically, it's a cop out. To cop yes. out by the league, basically, right? It's the, it was they—they yes. were, they were just doing preventative maintenance in in the in yes. the past, but they don't want to do preventative maintenance going forward. It's really what you're saying, yes. right? And they're
5: not doing anything to make it safe. They're not making it safe. It's not safe. So, and it's a lie. It's a big lie being perpetrated on the public, and the public doesn't get it because everybody's caught up into this. They're drinking the Kool-Aid, and it's like, you know,
3: football yeah, yeah. is great,
5: but my, I want my kid to be around. I want, it, I want to be a grandfather. I want him to have coach, a great job. I want him so to be part of the United what States. Would it,
3: what would it take for you to to ins- to get, like, let's say, all these up-and-coming women's football, play, uh, f- football players that are obviously going to emerge into a coaching aspect if they want to get into any type of coaching, whether it be college or pro, if they took your system from your teachings uh, do you think that's gonna that would be a, like sort of a real revolutionary change to to take some well, some of these yet ladies, whether it be on the on the, yeah. on the Bobcats or in the IWFL, just to kind of like help you spread the word about how this is the better method of you know or correcting the issue.
5: I, I think I have to address their pocket, and here's what I mean by that: when you have this two million dollar policy, right? It covers you know up to you know, and you think you're covered. Nothing covers punitive damages. No there's, no, there's no insurance policy for punitive damages. So when you do willful, reckless endangerment, you're going to lose your house, coach. So you sure. better figure it out, coach. You better figure it out. Just because your dad taught you that, he was the guy you loved the most, he's your hero, he was teaching you wrong. You need to wake up and smell the coffee because you're going to lose everything you have if a little boy can't get up. Because now the courts know what's injurious behavior. They now know. Pop Warner was allowed to be sued by Donovan Hill's mother. Okay? Uh, the young man that was committed suicide, 25 years old, he only played Pop Warner. He never played, he never played high school football. He had CTE. His parents were wow. allowed to sue Pop Warner. National Pop Warner. He was 25 years old when he committed suicide. It's because and they found CTE in his brain after his death. That CTE came from him playing Pop Warner football. So the courts now know. Okay, the hawk tackle is not safe. I'm gonna ask you this: Where's their science that it's safe? Oh, they said it, but see, Carol uses it. It ain't safe. Ask Ask uh, Thomas, the, the safety, the all-world top safety. His shoulder is whack. Uh, ask uh, uh, Cameron, okay, Cam Chancellor. His shoulders are whack. Keep tackling like that. One of these days, you guys ain't gonna get up because there are other guys flying around. So when you put your head over there to the side, one of your teammates is gonna find it. So why do it? Yep. If why it's true. like that? You're right. I, I don't get it. I don't get it, Troy and Oscar. I, you know, and, and for me, I think it's because the NFL is run by lawyers.
3: And I think it is. It, is. it is a corporate umbrella now. It's really what it is. is. It's,
5: all of, it's all about the shield. It's not about the people. It's about the shield. And unfortunately, what they do trickles down to college, high school, and children because they're looking up emulating these guys. And so I think, it's, to me, it's wicked because if you're trying to make this form of tackling the norm, is you're going to get people, and then they have you sharing the liability. Why would I share a liability with you if something is safe? If you're telling me, hey, make sure you don't practice when it's too hot, make sure the kids get water when they want it, not when you tell them they can get it, make sure this helmet's fit, where's the liability in telling someone that? Oh, it's not really that that's the liable part. It's the part where they impact one another. There's something, there's a design flaw in that method. Why is that design flaw in that? Why are you deliberately putting that design flaw into the method? Why? I want to know. Because I wouldn't teach anybody to do the hawk tackle, ever. And then it's the gator tackle. They want you to spin them. Well, what they don't realize, the Giants use the gator tackle on Tom Brady to rattle his brain. So now you're teaching an injurious tackling instruction. That's to shake the brain up Of the person that's being slung People don't know that They don't do their investigation So I don't know The answer Um, I really don't know the answer man I I, I just think America Here's here's where my answer is for me I was born on December 5th 1955 You know what happened on that day Troy and Oscar The Montgomery bus boycott started In Montgomery Alabama Because they made Rosa Parks want to make her change her, move her, sit in the back for this white guy. Well, Mm -hmm. black black people stopped riding the bus. Okay, they stopped riding the bus, and the revenue started to dry up for the bus company. Now, a loss of revenue didn't change the way they felt about people of my color, but it changed the way they treated us. And that's all we really cared about. So I guess the
2: NFL
5: needs to lose some money, not through courts, but by participation. People need to walk away from the game until it's really safe. People need to take their kids out of youth football until it's really safe, until they're really committed to safety. And I always say this, safety is only a word if you don't know what's dangerous. Safety is just, like you said, windows we're going to be safe. Exactly. That's
3: a form of, a, that's a form of management talk. As what I've done mm-hmm. in the past when I used to work for Home Depot and safety was probably one of the biggest things. But, but it, until it's put into action and executed properly, consistently, safety doesn't mean anything. You know what I mean? It's, it's just it's, a word. It, you've it's got to know what you're doing. Otherwise, like it's, always, it's just a word.
5: Another analogy I have. I say when kids 18 years old get off the bus at Camp Pendleton to go to the Marine Corps, and that man is standing there with that, that hat, and he's yelling in their face, spitting in their face. That man is there to teach those guys how to know how to look out for a roadside bomb, how to watch for a sniper, how to look out for a tripwire, how to survive in the very environment that you're about to go to as a Marine. Because the Marines hit the beach first. Wherever there's a hot spot, they're going to be the first ones to get yep. and the last ones yep. to leave. And that's why I admire the Marine yep. Corps. Uh, so what are the landmines on the field for football players Do coaches know They're actually throwing hand grenades And some of their instruction is a hand grenade That it's a roadside bomb
2: it, it is. And it's,
5: it's an actual landmine And they don't know it because they're not required to know it And now they're being given A landmine through the instruction Of the so-called governing body Telling you to put, tackle with a shoulder Why? It's only conjecture that that's safe It's not well thought out Because when you tackle with a shoulder yeah, short, yeah where your, your hips and head are on the same level, period. And your head is down, and your crown is exposed, and your temple is exposed. Why teach it? Yep. Because they want you to think it's norm, and they want you to share in the liability. When that little boy doesn't get up, well, it's your fault. And so you share the liability. What? I even wow. asked you one time, have I ever been sued? I said, for what? Well, the tackling, you're teaching. Well, dude, uh, hello, I'm teaching you how not to get hurt, so why would I get sued for that? I'm not hurting myself and I'm not, I'm not tearing the spleen of the ball carrier. I'm not giving him a a, a bruised lung or a bruised heart or a broken rib. by putting my helmet on his chest. I'm doing stuff That's to true. keep him safe. But we're playing real football. We're playing tough football. And guess what? Both guys or both women, both girls get up and go back to their respective huddles. That's what it's about. And we let yeah. and do it again. You know, yeah. and, I, 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 and Oscar, I really can't answer your question, bro. I, I mean, to tears, I was on the phone. I'm not going to name the gentleman's name. I'm not going to put him out there like that. But he's the guy that called me and told me that we had a problem. People were saying put their head to the side, and I said no. And they actually named me me their tackling expert. So if I'm your tackling expert, listen to me. Don't do that, okay? Yeah, yeah. Don't do that because this is about injury prevention, and what you're doing is going to cause more harm than good. And all these years later, I stayed quiet since 2009 you know but now i'm not quiet no more i ain't being quiet they actually want me to sign a contract where i couldn't talk about it i said man i ain't signing that damn contract (laughs) you sign it i said you wouldn't even (laughs) sign this contract (laughs) Uh, i'm the pro troy
3: i'm the president of my
5: own company he's the president how idiotic is that
3: that's really idiotic
5: and and in the letter they had this is what am i stupid they had you can see they they copied and pasted because in some of the sentences it was her, she, he, her. Right. Not about me. It was to me. Right. For me to <laughs> And they had he, sure, her. I still got the letter. I'm. I'm like okay. They think I'm stupid. I'm Bozo the clown. Okay. No, I'm not stupid. Look, no. dude, protect the children. I'm here to protect the kids. And so I had, I walked away. I told them don't don't use my name. If you if you don't cease and desist, you cease and desist using my name or do what I originally gave you don't make this change and they're still using it they're still they're making it worse now it's the shoulder tackle heads up is out of the picture because heads up is being sued they don't want to even talk about
3: heads up no more yeah it's been it's been off off the radar for sure hey coach can you tell everybody where they can go get that information for you on your uh, advancing the science of tackling safety and performance and you've been doing this obviously (laughs) since 1997 of uh, awesome you. credit to you and everybody that you have helping you out with your organization as well, um, and you you take every level pretty much right youth, high school, college, pro, and obviously coaching in yes. general. So um, I believe that's gtsscience.com, right?
5: Correct. Uh, I started out with trainthemupacademy.org as a 501c3, thinking that I would get a lot of people that cared about the safety of the players and would would, would, would donate. And helped me get this throughout the country. And that wasn't the case. Nobody donates. Uh, Nobody cares. That's how I feel. And so uh, somebody sabotaged my Train-Em-Up Academy, pointed it toward an Arabic speaking. Uh, I don't understand any of that. And Somebody hacked it. Anyway, they shut Train-Em-Up Academy down for like a half a year. And so I created GT Science, Gridiron Technologies and Science, because it's the science. And I found out science is a, a measure, steps that are followed That give you a reliable outcome That's all is. science is It's not amoebas only in, in, in space It's a system of doing something That ends up with a reliable result Well, you can go to GTScience, www.gtscience.com You can see my videos You can see uh, you, can, you can download the scientific research Study on there You can download uh, the coaching um, uh, I, I'm going to get my, my system uh, uh, Accredited and it's on that. Uh, you can download that stuff. You can see the videos on me. You can, all, excuse me, you can also go to trainemupacademy.org. Train them up, train up. It's from Proverbs two six. Train a child up in the way he should go when he's old. He should, not, uh, he should not depart from it. And so that's where the name comes from. So, yeah, you go there. Get educated. Videotape your kids' practices. Ask your coaches. Ask your, your athletic director, what are they doing to make 2017 safer for the players when it comes to concussions than 2016 and wait for their reply. And if it doesn't involve gtscience.com or trainemupacademy.org or Coach Bobby Hosea, they're not doing enough. They're not. They're not. And people used to say, man, you should, you should be blowing up. I, I said, I wish I was, but –
3: there's yeah. something
5: out there. It's just doesn't... it's
3: really just a resistance I think because like you said you have a better formula and they just don't want to probably implement that formula and um coach how about the Carson Bobcats what's what are we looking forward to this coming season in the IWFL with all the changes made in that league?
5: Well, we're going to you know, we're going to sit tight. We're going to stay in the league and uh, actually our Pacific division is I think I coached in the WFA, and there were I had some blowouts. We had some eighty-point games. Uh, the IWFL is very competitive, and it's because the teams are so far apart that you know the, the talent pool doesn't get dissipated. So uh, the Falcons, uh, the, the North County Stars down in San Diego, the Sacramento Sirens, the Utah—I mean the, the uh, Nevada Storm of in Reno, uh, the Phoenix Phantom. Uh, these teams are outstanding women's tackle football. So I look for. You know, every game is going to be a a, a, a dogfight for us to, to come out with a W. Because last year we kind of snuck up on people. And I know we're not going to sneak up on anybody this year because, you know, it wasn't by accident. I know how hard we worked. But they're going to work just as hard to, to try to beat us this year. So I, I, our work is cut out for us. I look forward to it. we got practice tomorrow night, matter of fact, uh, conditioning and stuff we're doing. So we're looking uh, to grow our roster. I, I noticed that the um, Falcons have like 55 girls on their team. So they were just coming one after the other. We had 28, so just naturally we wore down after a while. But I can honestly tell you the fourth quarter against them up there, we got better in the second half than we were in the first half, so, and it was the same 28 young ladies. So I don't think that was the case. I think I'm just looking forward to starting the season again. Uh, we gotta, we're going to probably expand our, our, our offensive repertoire. I got myself a new quarterback that can actually throw the football. So we're going to throw the football more this year. Uh, and hopefully have the same kind of success, if not better, in uh, 2017.
3: So, Coach, I really appreciate making the time. I know you're a busy person and all, but uh, really wanted to bring you on because it takes uh, gives everybody a, a different perspective on, like you said, the, the formatting and the way it should be done in terms of tackling it and preventing concussions. And um, you have been a, a valuable resource of information uh, even if you don't know it, there's a lot of people that are paying attention to it. So hopefully uh, that grows and you get to a level where now, you know, this, this is something that people will really go to and really understand the, you know, the prevention part of it. And also, you know, it's not taking anything away from the game. It's actually making it more more safer. So I, I really applaud your efforts and uh, for coming on today and making the time.
5: Well, guys, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. what you're doing; is you're giving a voice to just the average everyday guy,
3: and I appreciate
5: it very much. So hopefully, uh, the, you know, the, the ears that will hear will hear, and it will benefit the youngsters that are playing for those people that are listening in right now. So I appreciate you, appreciate you, thank you for coach. the Boston platform. Joy, thank you, brother. I look forward. Coach, to uh, you we'll, guys
3: we're looking the... forward to the Carson Bobcats and the exciting season coming up for the IWFL. So uh, looking t- towards another clash against Utah. That's always fun. Man,
5: they're they're a great organization. They're they're well coached. Uh, they're, they're they're good people. The the young ladies are tough. Uh, they come with it, and so we got to match it. We got to come with it, and you win during a season, in the off season. That's four seasons. Well, three are promised and one is earned. The off season, preseason, regular season, and hopefully the playoffs. And so the off season is the most important. So we're putting in work to make uh, 2017 hopefully a championship season.
3: All right coach, thank you. Have a great evening. Uh looking forward to the upcoming season and then uh continued success with your uh your
4: system. You as well.
5: Guys, all the best to you. Uh have a great 2017.
4: All right, thanks coach.
3: All right, Troy, uh that's it. I mean, uh this is just a, doesn't it doesn't just blow your mind the fact that he has a safer system and and these uh this the big Gorilla doesn't want to implement the safer system. It's just crazy.
4: I mean, it, it, it's kind of part of course nowadays. I mean, because I mean, we we live in this litigious society, where you have one side of society who you know is, is looking to, and I hate to say it, but it's the truth. You got people who are trying to get rich quick uh, for mistakes from others, and then you have other people who you know have made billions of dollars and they want to protect that that asset and. And so, you know, what it becomes is, you know, uh just you know, just a litigious whole process. I mean, if you've ever signed a car lease or uh, or, or an apartment lease or got, you know, if you tried to get a um a mortgage, just you know, all the paperwork that you're signing on there, all of these things are to, you know, protect um, you know, the 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 bank and and in some instances protecting the consumer. And so when you see those things, everybody is, you know, is kind of worried about, hey, did I cross this I, did I dot, you know, did I cross this T, did I dot this I? And all the while, we're also forgetting that, you know, who we're there to protect. And you're, you're there to protect these players. And, you know, and basically what they're saying is is to change up the way that they do business as far as, you know, tackling and admitting that they need to overhaul the tackling would be an admission that, you know, that what they've been teaching in the past was was incorrect, which would put them in a liability standpoint. And it's it's sad. It it really is because, I mean, you have – I mean, it's part of the reason. Listen, I have three boys. I have three boys. And my oldest, you know, he played football for a year, and he didn't look comfortable out there, and he said he didn't want to play, and I I told him that's fine. And my younger two, I won't put them out there. And it's for this very reason. Is because I just feel like that, you know, um, nowadays uh, organizations, whether it be high school, you know, um, uh, high school or college or, you know, even in the pros, they aren't looking out for the players. And I, I just think that, you know, um, you know, po- Coach Bobby Jose, uh, he, he's bringing that to the forefront and they are trying to quiet him just like anyone else who was out there being an advocate. For players at all ages and levels, um, and they're just trying to shut those people down, and, it, and it's just sad, really. It is.
3: Yeah, it's. A, I mean, to me, it's just a disgusting in a way if you think about it, because they know. Uh, to his analogy about the car, where if you if you give them all the pointers and then you close your eyes and, and tell them to drive the car, that's just like idiotic. You know what I mean? <laughs> so uh, I don't know. It just seems like that's just a, a wrong approach to take. You know, especially for something that can be corrected and, and improve the game and obviously enhance the game. Um, so, Tori, let's go into the women's recap before we get out of here um, because there's a lot of stuff going on in the, in the women's game. You can always go to our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash gridironbeauties. You can keep tabs daily, uh, daily breaking news, health tips, and NFL insights at gridironbeauty on Twitter. Check out the best athletes showcased globally at in, on our Instagram gallery at gridironbeauties. And you can always go check out our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash for the best shared videos of amazing women playing women's gridiron globally. So a lot of stuff happening this weekend as well. Um, we also want to invite everybody to our Zazzle shop. Thanks to Zazzle for supporting us all this time and continue to support us. So I really appreciate that. You can go to zazzle.com forward slash uh, gridironbeauties. You can get leggings, tees, and shirts. Every sale from there goes towards uh, taking that uh, revenue and showcasing uh, amazing, talented players uh, that are playing American football globally as well. So thank you for everybody that uh, had a great January. So let's let's continue to do February as well. So um, Troy, international friendly coming up February 11th. It's going to be BAFA women, the uh, Birmingham Lions, the champions of the Sapphire Series of last year, taking on the uh, SJL Finland uh, League, uh, the Helsinki Wolverines. So they're going to match up with uh, Lions on February 11th. We should have coverage from Double Coverage uh, and a couple of our network partners at UK First Down, uh, as well as uh, one of our networks in Finland. So we should be able to get some coverage uh, this past this coming weekend. The other uh, matchups here, week three of the Spanish League, the FIFA Spanish League, uh, you get highlights on our Facebook page as well. Uh, the Bar- uh, Barbera rookies continue to roll um, – and they basically are just leading 3-0 at this point in the standings. Uh, the Pioneers uh, took care of the uh, Batalona Drax 20-0. to Badalona is still suffering from uh, wins, and they continue to stay winless, so that's not going to be what's well for them. But uh, week four coming up, we'll have previews as well. Uh, also, NFL, NFL Hispano will have previews as well as the official FIFA.org uh, um, um, site. So as soon as they share their information from there, and then we also have a lot of uh, other uh, network partners that are going to be covering some of the action. So week three, it's exciting. Uh, B- uh, Barbera still owns this uh, league right now, and, and they are the champs, so uh, they're still on a roll. Um, the French leagues kicked off this weekend. Uh, FFA, FFFA, uh, French league uh, kicked off this weekend, and that is uh, the Dragon, uh, the Paris Dragons at Paris ended up winning uh, as well uh, against the uh, Nancy Tigers, 36-12, to 12, and the champion, Molasses, the Bulldogs out of Molasses, 54-0. They take care of the Leopards. So we'll get the updates as well and our uh, with our network partner, FAF underscore football, as well as uh, Football American Feminine on Facebook. So all those two uh, options, we'll have those, and then we'll get them covered as well. We also have the Mexican um, – squad has uh, officially announced their 74 pre-selection they will have tryouts this coming week and then they will narrow it down to 53 so troy that's the one one uh, team that we're looking forward to canada already has pretty much set their roster we're waiting for team usa and now mexico is pretty excited to um you know put up their squad so the north american swing is going to be pretty much set hopefully by the end of the month here and we'll see who's on the roster from Uh, talented athletes and superstars from FFX and Lexfa. So it's going to be exciting as well.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Looking forward to seeing how, looking to see how, you know, it transpires out with the rest of North America. So, you know, we'll see. We'll keep our tabs on it and see how it turns out.
3: And uh, we're following also, um, uh, we want to give a shout-out to Tercer Cuarto, uh, third third uh, third quarter Tercer Cuarto is our network partner down south and that they keep us up to date on the national uh, squad team and you can catch their videos also as we share them on our Facebook page at uh, Great Iron Beauties on Facebook um, check out Neil Rosenthal he's going to do a four part series coming up this week we part one and part two is already here part one was uh, a scope and uh, review of the modern era uh, I mean the the past era of women's football, starting back all the way back in the 60s up to the 90s here. And then uh, part two is a sort of a report and an overview of the top 12 uh, athletes in terms of quarterbacks since 1999. It's a very interesting uh, list. You can check out the article on our Facebook page, uh, Neil Rosenthal. And he's uh, the greatest players in uh, women's football, part two and part one on our Facebook page. So it's a good read. We'll have part three and part four as well as he brings it out in the, in the next week or so. Um, check out our a shared New Newsday article on the lack of women coaches in the NFL uh, considering Catherine Smith got fired with Rex Ryan's crew. So literally there's no female coach that we know of in the NFL right now. So that's a good piece to read out of Newsday. Uh, the New York Sharks were in the know. Uh, BuzzFeed News spotlighted the New York Sharks the 2006 2006- IAWFL Eastern Conference champs. Um, they were spotlighted on their 2016 season, including that historic double overtime against the Minnesota Vixens that we uh, witnessed last year. Um, so, great piece by BuzzFeed News. So you can check it out also on our Facebook page. Uh, you should check out also uh, Nasa, uh, Nausicaa del Oroto out of the CIFFA Italy. There's a piece done there in Italian. Uh, so, if you know how to read Italian or you can do translator as well. It's uh, out of uh, viasport.sky.italy, and they did a great piece on that, on her experience at the Women's World Football Games, as well as her Super Bowl predictions. Um, we also have preseason FXF, FXL, preseason in Mexico in full swing, and we'll keep you up to date on that. There's a cool video made by the Heartbreakers. So you can check it out on our Facebook page. The WFL's pre, uh, preseason so will start down south, and that will start in about another week or two. We'll keep tabs on that as well, and the champs, Saltillo, V-Queens, look to defend their crown from last season. Gridiron Australia um, Outback squad, the post-selection trials will be coming up next week. We will know exactly at some point here who's going to be on the Australian roster, just like on the Mexican side, and obviously the Team USA side. So by the end of this month, we should have the Gridiron Australia, the Mexican Federation, and the USA football rosters for the IFAB World Championships, that are going to happen in June of 2017 in Canada. Uh, don't miss the Teen Vogue series "Girls in the Game." And we're uh, tweeting that as well and re- and sharing that on Facebook for women in the NFL that you that you should uh, know. And that was done by uh, uh, Anastasia Williams. And that would featured Jen Walker, Sarah Thomas, and K- uh, Catherine Smith as well. And it was cool, a cool spotlight also on Sarah Cooper of the. Uh, WFA Everett Rain, spotlighting her son and her who play both football. And that was done on a great piece there. So you can check it out, like I said, at Great Beauties as well on Facebook. The other thing is My wife Sports and the Pittsburgh Passion are going to be supporting uh, the uh, National Women's Hockey League All-Star Game. They're going to be at the All-Star Game and supporting the New York uh, New, uh, New York Rivers as well. So shout out to uh, My Wife Sports and um, uh, the Pittsburgh Passion. And Sports is, uh, did a great, fantastic job last year, also covering both WFA and IWFL, including recaps on a weekly basis. So shout-out to them as well for their awesome job that they've been doing. Um, and pretty much that's all I got so far, Troy. So it's pretty much uh, Gridiron. Iron Vi- – oh, I forgot. Gridiron Victoria will kick off on the 25th. Uh, yeah, Gridiron Victoria on the 25th, and that will be the Ballarat Kessels taking on the Croydon Rangers, the Geelong Bucks taking on the uh, Monash Warriors on their debut, as well as the Northern Lady Raiders taking on Pakenham Silverbacks and the Western Crusaders debut versus the um, runner-ups from last year, Melbourne Uni Chargers. So pretty exciting, uh, getting ready for the international friendly, like I said, February 11th here, Baffa women taking on Finland in terms of the, um, the lions taking on the Wolverines. So Troy, um, we're almost about out of here. So, um, what a Super Bowl. Uh, we'll dive into it next week a little bit more further. But other than that, I mean, what a what an amazing finish. Um, you called it. Uh, we both called it. Hey, it was just too hard to go against TV-12, and there you go. He proves he proves once again. Yeah, it's
4: just why he's the best in the game. I mean, you know, along with Aaron Rodgers, and to do it as long as he's done it, I mean, I, I certainly wasn't surprised, especially with the year that he had, 28 touchdowns, only two interceptions. I mean, you've never seen a player play at that level at this age. So I think we're just witnessing history. And, I, you know, I hope hopefully people appreciate it instead of, you know, giving him a lot of hatred because the guy definitely deserves all the lauding and praise that he's getting.
3: Yeah, and you called it, buddy. All year you said that you get to the end here between him and Belichick, they, they were going to be hard to beat. And even in the first, uh half. I just I, I, I looked at that and I'm like, okay, that's good. And then once they started come back in the second half and I'm like, oh God, here we go. But I didn't anticipate overtime, but I did anticipate some sort of a comeback. And they obviously made a comeback. <laughs> so uh that oh, was yeah, awesome. Did they? That was awesome ending to it.
4: Yeah, I'm just looking forward to you know, I, I'm sad that football is over, but I'm looking forward to one of my favorite parts of the year. And that's the draft process, and and the combine. The combine starts at the, um, uh, the beginning, um, the beginning of March, I believe it to be March the second, and it started in Indianapolis. Um, so the whole draft process, I just think that's the most fantastic part, where you see all the college players who get invited to the combine. The top college players, they get to showcase their skill. So all the players that I looked at and I talked about during the college year. These guys will be on, on deck, you know, especially if they're old enough, if they're an upperclassman, whether they're junior or senior, and they're uh, eligible for the draft. Those top guys should be there doing their workouts, looking forward to seeing how that pans out and, and seeing, you know, going forward into the draft and free agency. Football is now 24-7, guys, so even if you're missing a player on the field, you can still get a whole lot of information out of it. So look forward and follow all of us on Twitter. Um, Because I'll be posting about that and and tweeting about that pretty much all season, all all the off-season. All right, guys. See you later. Take it easy, guys.